0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Today, I came to give us a wonderful teaching on um, hindering spirits. I know it's a conversation that not many people have heard, not many people have understood how hindering spirits work. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians, Paul now writing to the Thessalonians, we know that there were churches in his day that he felt the responsibility over. And he gave his time, he gave his resources, he gave everything that he could to see that the gospel would progress within those regions. That's why he writes to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Galatians. These were areas, these were people, and these were ministries that Paul as a marketer, a moving apostle, had established in different regions. And so he was doing an overseeing responsibility over these churches to see that they grow, even though there were also people locally appointed to oversee the numbers that were growing. And then it's through these letters that the church has brought together in what we call the Bible. And that is why I tell people I'm always curious if the letters of Paul are doing this much effect on the church. What would have his summons have been like if there was an opportunity to record them, you see? And I prayed to God a prayer one day that helped me hear the spirit of this man, because Biblical history would tell you Paul used to speak almost for six hours in a teaching. And there are people who just sit to hear a man speak. Six hours of a man speaking. And, and he's not interrupted and nobody wants to move. You see? So you can imagine if his letters have this much effect on the church, how much more his teaching. So that's why I prayed and I pray may I understand the spirit behind what this man used to teach. It's been amazing to hear. It's been amazing to see the things God has showed me. And I thank God for that. So in Thessalonians, we have a story. We have an event that will help me help you understand why it's important for us to address uh, this issue. People are dealing with hindering spirits. People are dealing with hindering spirits and they do not know that they are hindered. People are dealing with things that are frustrating them in ways like they cannot imagine. And some have built doctrines around those hindrances and frustrations because they do not know exactly what the Bible says, neither are they mature enough to discern when there's a hindrance. Some think it's the will of God that this is delayed. It's the will of God that this is not working. Oh, if it was of God, it would work. I here a Christian saying, if it was of God, it would work. No. There are things that are of God that can be frustrated unless you know how to fight this. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh yes, somebody fails in a business, or career is gone. And they say, oh, all things work together for good. But did you realize, for those that love the Lord, in the next line, and are called according to his purposes. So if you are out of the way of purpose, how then can you say that something is working for your good? when you're not aligned to his purposes. What is the revelation of God's purposes concerning that thing? Somebody shout hallelujah. So, in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verses 13, he says, For this cause also, we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which he had of us, he said, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So he's first giving us the attitude that the Thessalonians had towards the word. They did not receive the word as a word of men. They received the word as a word of God. When Paul was speaking to the church in Thessalonia, they did not listen to him like a good preacher. No, they were listening to him like God was speaking to them. So was their attitude toward the word so they had a readiness of receiving the word and it says in verses 14 for ye brethren became followers of the churches of god which are in judea in christ jesus for ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen even as they have of the jews who both killed the lord jesus their own prophets and have persecuted us and they pleased not God, and are contrary to all men, that not only have you received the word of God, but you have also suffered the challenges of wicked, evil men, unreasonable people who persecuted the Lord Jesus Christ, who have killed the prophets and are destroying the church continuously. If you will read the 15th verse in the message version, when he's introducing those people, they killed the master Jesus to say nothing of the prophets and followed it up by running us out of the town. They made themselves offensive to God and everyone. You see, so let's continue in uh, verse 16. He says, forbidding us to speak, that is KJV, to the Gentiles that they might be saved and to fill up their sins always for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. These people stood in the way of Paul and the people of that time, forbidding them to speak to the Gentiles that the Gentiles might be saved. There was a hindrance. There was a hindrance. There was a hindrance. By certain individuals in the church. And so Paul and the rest struggled to get the gospel to the Gentiles so they might be saved. Verses 17, but we brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. So because they loved them, they missed them, they had a certain longing for the people of Thessalonica, they endeavored the more abundantly and then they tried to see even though there were people frustrating them to get to them to get the gospel they tried their level best to see that they could get to the thessalonians to get the gospel so there was a war between the people who are trying to take the gospel to men to be saved and the people that were hindering them verses 18 wherefore we would have come unto you even i paul once and again but satan hindered us this is in the new testament satan hindered us we wanted to come to you so some people say yeah but if it was the will of god for the gentiles to get the gospel it's obvious that wherever there would have been a hindrance yeah god would easily make a way why because it's god's people he loves them and it's important for them to receive the message so why should there be a hindrance And some would say, oh no, you see, me, I go where God wants me to go. He has sent me to go to a certain place. His way comes with his provision. His will is his bill. I believe that because God has sent me in a certain place, he will soften the hearts of everybody who is supposed to receive. He will do this, he will do that, he will do that, such that it's easy for me to preach the gospel. You see, such that it's easy for me to preach the gospel. So if we see frustrations, maybe it's not yet the time. If you're denied the visa, maybe it's not yet the time. If they refuse you to enter a certain place, maybe it's not the time. You know, and some people say ah, it's just not the time when the right time comes nobody or nothing can hold you back and Paul is telling us here that there was a desire in his heart which was not carnal there was a desire in his heart which according to the heart of God was desperate to see the salvation of men but there was a spirit of hindrance Satan hindered them if you look at it in context you see that Satan hindered them through the spirits of religion and the like, the Jews from Judea that used to not only persecute Paul and his team, but also speak ill and evil about them so that people would not receive their message. So we see religious people fighting Paul. We see them doing this and that. But behind that actually was a hindering spirit. So, what is a hindering spirit? A hindering spirit is the kind of spirit that prevents you or slows you in progress. It prevents or slows the progress or accomplishment of a thing. It slows or prevents the progress or the accomplishment of a thing. A hindering spirit puts you at a disadvantage. It puts a man at a disadvantage. You're doing business, but you are disadvantaged. You're in an organization working, but you're disadvantaged. This that I speak, i speaking from the perspective of Paul because he was a preacher of the gospel. But not all of us are preachers on the gospel, of the gospel. And wherever God has appointed us to work, that in its own self also is our ministry. For we do all things as unto God. There are people in the workplaces who are slowed in progress and accomplishment by some individuals. They are slowed by certain circumstances. They are slowed by people's opinions. You've been working in an organization for 10 years. You've never been promoted. You've been working in a business faithfully, but your business has not progressed you're doing the same thing you were doing eight or nine or 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you're getting the same income or even worse in this season. There is no progress on your life. There is no accomplishment in your life. And looking at you and saying, but you're working every day. Where Where'd you put that money? You're working every day. How come you don't have a home? You're working every day. How come you cannot own a car? We see you getting out every morning and evening. Where do you go? How come we see you dress up and go out every morning But nothing is changing. What's happening with you? You see? And some people say, ah no, in the right time, God will help me. Yeah, it could be. But it could also be true that you are dealing with a hindering spirit, but you cannot discern that you're actually hindered by some force. A hindering spirit is so hidden that a man can easily fail in life, and not know that there is a power, there is a force frustrating their progress. Frustrating the power of accomplishment, power of translation and interpretation. The power of creation. And so, I am, it's normal. Let's wait on God. Let's pray. Let's fast. Let's do this. Let's do that. Two, three, four, five years. Listen, God has put a spiritual clock in our spirits to know when we are out of time. Did you know that? Every person who has the Holy Spirit, you can know when you are delayed. You can feel it when you're delayed. No, leave the people who are carnal, who don't understand God. For the carnal man cannot receive, neither desire the things of the Spirit, for they are spiritually designed. But if you are spiritual, you are always cautious about time. There's something in you that tells you whether I'm early or late, whether I'm in tune or I'm out of tune, whether I'm in rhythm or I'm out of rhythm, whether my frequency it's aligned or it's out of line. Whether my vibrations are low or they are high. You can tell. You can feel it. You can feel it. There's somebody who knows they're supposed to be married now. They know it. Ah, it's the will of God that I'm not married. <laughs> Many, some say that. So you ask them, okay. So why are all the signs of marriage on you? Why? So when are you going to be Ready? And scripturally, can you justify your delay scripturally? Can you go through scripture and show me a woman who was delayed in marriage and why they were delayed? So, some don't even have scriptural background to justify why things are not working. Oh, you know, this is why I'm not rich. This is why I'm struggling. But for me, it was the will of God. At one time I had a minister saying, it was the will of God to keep me poor for these 25 or so years of my active ministry because he knew that, you understand? And I'm hearing him speak and I'm thinking, hmm, this that you are speaking actually cannot be justified through scripture. You cannot open a portion of scripture and tell me that this happened to a man in history and this is the reason that it is happening to me. You see what I'm saying? So be careful when you assume things that God is doing but you cannot justify through the word because the word and the spirit are agreeable somebody shout hallelujah Hallelujah. so people are slowed in progress people are slowed in many ways and they do not know why and you know if it is the will of God then there is a grace for it there's an understanding of it there's a rest and peace to it but if it is not the will of God then you cannot have the peace of it because peace speaks why have you lost peace if it is the way of God Isaiah 55, I think, verses 12. Why have you lost peace if it is the way of the Lord? He says, for ye shall go out with joy and you shall be led forth with peace. Because peace is a leader. A child of God was called to walk in a certain peace. So, if it is of God, then have the peace about it. But you cannot be anxious. You cannot be restless. You cannot have this conviction that makes you lose sleep. But then you're thinking it's the will of God for you to be you know, that way. No, 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 no. The way of peace speaks because God might not come through a vision or a dream. You know, there are people who are waiting for dreams to know that this is their husband or their wife. They're waiting for a certain angel to come and many people have been deceived through that because Satan also appears as an angel of light and they've had visions from hell and they think that God has spoken to them because they don't know how God speaks. Yes, God can speak through visions. He can speak through dreams. But also the way of peace is the leading of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you don't have the peace of a thing, it no doesn't matter how enticing it is, don't go for it. Don't go for it. Shout amen. amen. So back to this. Paul now in Thessalonians becomes an example for us that a man who wanted to preach the gospel, who was ordained and called by God to preach the gospel, was hindered by a certain spirit. Is Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. And so there are things that can frustrate your life. There are things that can trouble you into hindrances or by hindrances. And you will never know that it's actually of the devil that you are delayed. Some people's healings are delayed, some people's breakthroughs are delayed. There are ministers whose ministries are delayed. And it's not the will of God that they are delayed, but they are hindered by Satan. So I'm going to share a few things by which not only can we tell the hindrances of Satan, but also the things that cause hindrances. A few of them. Because you see, the spirit of hindrance, or the hindering spirits, are so Hidden. They can hide through our spouses. They can hide through our children. They can hide through our pastors. They can walk through our bosses. They can even walk through our best friends. But they also walk through enemies. It's easy if they are walking through enemies. But it's harder when they are walking through even sometimes the people who love us most. Somebody can be hindered by somebody who means well. So, I want to show us a few things to help us understand some of these things. One, Hebrews 12, the first verse, he speaks of the sin that so easily besets men. Eh? He says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the rest that is set before us. If you will read that in the Amplified Version, it says, Therefore, brethren, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have bought testimony of the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin, Amplified Jesus, that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us and let us run with patient endurance and steadiness, actively persistent in the appointed course, Of the rest, the Lord has set before us the sin that so easily besets us. (laughs) Allow me to say this: This is one of the most misinterpreted scriptures I've had ministers of God preach. The sin that so easily besets us. Some they interpret just through grammar. When they say the sin that so easily besets us, they mean to say some interpret it this way: that everyone has their personal sin that besets them before God. If you're a thief, that's the sin in your life. If you're a drunkard, that's the sin in your life. If you're perverse, that's the sin in your life. And so they assume that everyone has their own personal, their sin that besets them. And that's a wrong interpretation of scripture. Because how about people who have two issues? <laughs> Are you getting it? What about the people who have two issues? What about the people that have three issues? <laughs> the thief... They're a liar, they're this. So which one is the sin in there? If he had said, let us lay aside the sins that so easily beset us, that's different. Or let us lay aside sin that so easily besets us, that's so different. He said, the sin that so easily besets us. What is the sin? That which is not done in faith is sin. It's that sin. Are you following what I'm saying? It's that sin. Because every struggle that you have, every tendency of sin in you, every pattern of addiction and perversion in your life is as a result of your level of faith. You should never forget that. Yeah. Whatever is not done in faith is sin. I wish when people are teaching about the sin principle that actually help people understand that it's not that I am not drinking this because I see people who are avoiding something saying I'm not going to do this but they're actually doing it every day. You see? Jesus said when you look at a woman lustfully you have actually committed what? adultery, or fornication. You see? You have committed adultery by just looking at her lustfully. So Somebody can say, I'm actually a virgin. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You've never slept with anybody. But spiritually, your spirit is defiled because you're looking at a woman a certain way. So it's not in the doing. But it's in that place where the appetite of even the thought is frustrated. That's a man who is free. To look at her and she cannot entice you. To look at a drink and it's not calling you. That's deliverance. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we have people who are saying I'm free. I've never done this. But oh brother. Oh if somebody just screwed your head and put the nuts on the side and opened it. They might even lose the power to screw it back. That's not freedom. The thing of, I'm still fighting it, but I'm not doing it, but I'm fighting it. That's not freedom. Freedom is when you can stand and it has no power over you. But you cannot teach that kind of deliverance when you have not understood the mystery of faith. You cannot teach that until you understand the mystery of faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whatever is not done in faith is sin. That's the sin the reason why people are living sinful lives. You know, there are people, Christians, who live a perpetual life of sin. And some even in their ignorance justify it through the message of grace. And they say, ah, me, I'm under grace. And so there's no effort in your life to fight through faith to overcome it. It's okay to live with a person in a home, a man that you're not married to, and you have a conscience, and you go to bed and wake up every day and you know that the person that you're living with in that house is not your husband. You see, why do you get to that comfort? Like how do you lie every day? How do you tell a lie every day? Like how do you do something and you don't feel it disturb your spirit? Because sin does, the Bible says, disturb relations. So there are hindrances when we live perpetual lives of sin. You must understand this. So when we talk about the justification through faith, the righteousness imputed on us who believe, it is the work of that righteousness, the grace of God and the ministry of that faith working in us to teach us that denying all ungodliness and earthly lusts, the Bible says we will live soberly in this world. You see, we will live soberly and righteously in this world, this present world. That's why we teach grace, to help you walk out. Because see, when sin is constant in your life, it can hinder many things. It can hinder many things. It can hinder many things. Let's go to that person living with a person they're not married to. Do you know what that does, what that can do? You see, so the consequences of sin are there. It's only that by the grace of God, we are pardoned. But we're not pardoned for us to continue to sin. No, we are pardoned. For us to understand through that love and receive the strength and power through his faith to walk a life worthy of our calling. Somebody shout hallelujah. Did you understand that? So, that's one of them. And the answer there is not just you spirit of this, leave me. No, the answer there is to grow in faith. The more you grow in faith, the more you grow in faith. Because you see, (laughs) grace and faith are married. We are saved by grace through faith. The ministry of grace is through the power of faith. You see, we are saved by grace through faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Somebody say, amen. So unbelief is dangerous. Unbelief is dangerous. You realize that whatever you are struggling with, perversion, whatever perversion or sin that has refused to live your life, if you study very keenly, right there's a place of unbelief in you. And if you can deal with that unbelief, you can fix it. That's a long one. That's a long one. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, That exists, that happens. Of course, when it comes to the second one, I've also seen hindrances in the church by ministers of the gospel, us, the pastors, us, the prophets, us, the evangelists, us, the teachers. We have also been tools of hindrance or empowering, hindering spirits on the lives of people. Take the example of what I just read in Paul, the earlier verses of Thessalonians, that these people were frustrated from getting to the Gentiles through human beings. And sadly, when you read Paul's story, these were people who also believed in the Old Testament. They were not far from the truth. They were not men of other faiths and other gods. They were men who proclaimed that they were submitted to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But so it is with ministry. When you say that I'm called by God and I'm going to serve God, these are the spirits that are readily waiting to frustrate you. Healing spirits, they are readily waiting to frustrate anybody that is set on the course of preaching the gospel. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, the 16th chapter, the 9th verse, if you read from the Amplified Version, he said, for a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. It's a great and promising one, but the Bible says, and there are many adversaries. A great and effectual door has been opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. What are these adversaries? What are the adversaries that are standing before the doors that are open for us? Spirits that are hindering, hindering spirits. For every opportunity God will open on your life, for every door that shall come on your life. But I also want us to emphasize this, for those of you who are readers of the Bible and who understand what I'm saying, hindering spirits are (laughs) majorly on doors, not windows. Yeah, they are not in the realm of access. They're in the realm of opportunity to demonstrate or give out what you have accessed with God. They're usually on doors and not windows. Somebody shout hallelujah. They're usually with doors and not windows. And that's why I've told people that doors open longer than what? Than windows. So, you could have so much from God and out of that you can be qualified by God to be able to minister the gospel. But with that qualification and that which is given to you, you see, when the Bible says study to show yourself approved a worker, approved by God, study to show yourself approved and to God, when you study the Hebrew word, therefore study, to show thyself approved. And to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I think, Tony talks about when you get into the word and then read many books of many great men and then you get so much information yourself. And when you do, then you are approved of God. That's a wrong understanding. The literal Hebrew translation there is diligence. Embrace the spirit of diligence. You'll easily be approved by God. So it's not in the study, but rather it is in the spirit of diligence that precedes that study. It's the spirit of diligence that aligns ourselves to these labors. So it's more than just what we're reading. No, it's also the things that we do. It's the things that we apply ourselves to. So when they say study to show yourself approved, it's not just the reading of the Bible and books. No, it's more than that. It's hasten. It's make haste, exert yourself to a certain pattern of life that you might be approved of God. Why? Because I know people who read so much, but they don't do the other things that approve us as ministers. Can I give you an example? Service. Because that tests your faithfulness. If you're not faithful in another man's, the Bible says "Who will give you yours. You know why I'm saying that? Because I've seen people who have gone on prayer mountains for years, fasted for years, read every kind of book, read every kind of thing, and when they feel that they're sharp enough to be able to minister, they think that they're going to stand somewhere, put a pulpit, and millions are going to come and listen to them because they're consecrated by God. (laughs) No. Listen, you can only be served as you have served. And the diligence to serve a man is to study. Yeah, so it's more than just reading the Word. There are other patterns. There are other patterns that make you a great minister. Yeah, because some people think that you're going to hide yourself 20 years and study and then come out and God is going to use you mightily. Even Jesus served. It's a principle. He says the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve, he said. But to serve. He gave his life as a ransom for many. The gospel and the ministry is a place of sacrifice. So how do you expect people to submit to you because you've read enough, but without the principle of serving another man? Or if you're not faithful in another man, who give you your own? He says, that's how it comes. It ain't come another way. That's also another someone You see, I could go and help you understand this diligence, this making haste. What it means to be quick in the things of God. That's to study. Quick to obey. Quick to forgive. Quick to sacrifice. Quick to give. Quick to respond. You know, you're quick. You're quick in the things of God. You're quick in the things of God. That's how we are approved. They give you a task and it concerns the kingdom. A task that concerns the kingdom. And it takes you four months to do. And another man gets on it and runs with it and runs with it. How can you be approved of God? Some people should understand how we serve. In my earlier years of ministry, I used to sit up 2 a.m. in the night because I had a rumor that the man of God might want to move and I need to drive him there. Yet I'm working in the morning at 6 a.m. I have to wake up and freshen up and go and work. You come, drive him, he preaches, you take him back at 6 a.m. to his home, you go back and change clothes and the, the next day you're going back to the bank to work. And you need to be efficient there as well. See, God approves these things. Why? Because we have people who are deep in the message, but they have stinky attitudes. They're deep prophets, but they don't have manners. They're good teachers, but they're not emotionally intelligent. Diligence. Tell your neighbor, diligence. So, for every door that will open to you, There will be hindering spirits. Great and effectual doors are open. But behold, there are many adversaries. There are people that are there. There are things that are appointed to frustrate your way. Thank God that we know always that He causes us to triumph. That's a good thing. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. But how? As he maketh manifest the server of his knowledge by us in every place. So, oh, how is that victory guaranteed every time? Because every time any hindrances come, there has to be a manifestation of the savour of his knowledge by us in every place we go. So if you do not know enough it can hinder you and frustrate your ministry, frustrate your destiny, frustrate your marriage, frustrate your business, frustrate your career, and you do not know because you do not know. You don't know how things work in the spirit. You know, again, we're dealing with people who don't understand how the spirit realm works. So, Bible speaks of us which are kept by the power of God unto salvation. Some people think it's a passive place; you just sit there. No. The power of God that keeps you comes and works through the place of knowledge. He's a God of knowledge and the just that delivers through what? Knowledge. I'll give you an example. One time as I was praying <laughs> in a vision, you know, the Lord showed me a certain attack by a certain individual and in my head I thought I think I should stop this. And the Lord told me, no, this is not the kind of thing you can stop. Because I don't want you to stop it this way. He says, no, this is the kind of thing you should hide from. Because there is purpose in it coming to seek you and it can't find you. It will take back another message to those that sent it. My God, I hid in plain sight. I hid. Has somebody ever come looking for you to harm you and they can't find you? And they even ask you where you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the report goes back to them that I cannot find the man. I have failed to find the man. I failed to do what you have sent me to do. Oh, a prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. But the simple for the Bible says, they pass on and they are punished. That's how the spirit realm is. There are things you need to duck. There are things you need to go for. Ba Are you hearing me? There are things you need to address direct. Are you hearing me? There are things you just need to hide a bit and it comes looking for you, it can't find you. And then it goes confounded because it doesn't understand how it can't find you yet you're available. Are you hearing me? Oh my goodness we frustrated waves of media. we oh my goodness. You don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. The things and people that have looked for us, but they can't find us. We're hidden under the shadow of his wings. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says there's a path which no foul knoweth, and the vulture's eye has not seen. So when it tries to look for you, it can't find you. You see, because some of you are not in certain levels of the spirit, you cannot understand this. But there are levels that you get to in the spirit and these guys have to try you. They have to test to see whether you're worth your salt or you're just speaking. So many of you are covered. You're ignorant from these things. But oh, there are things, there are people out there in the world. They do their witchcraft, they do everything. But they want to test you and see. Are you hearing me? One time one came in the spirit and I told them if you ever come back again, I'll make sure you don't go back to your body. Those who are spiritual understand what I'm saying. I told him, if you ever appear to me again, I'll make sure you don't go back in your body. Are you hearing me? Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you need to understand that when you say you're going to serve God, you're a minister, you're a Christian, even if you're just born again and you're not doing anything in the church, that's a door to. (laughs) And the things that are going to come to try you, but you need to know how to deal with hindering spirits somebody shout hallelujah so we see in matthew 23 verses 13 the amplified version Woe to you scribes and pharisees pretenders hypocrites for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces for you neither enter yourselves nor either do you allow those who are about to go in to do so they're more frustrating the gospel across the world and the things they speak against the lord's servants some are using doctrine like in Galatians when Paul is talking about who bewitched you. Witchcraft came through doctrine and men came opening these same scriptures and they were teaching men falsehood. But through those people were demonic activity. The Bible says the spirit speaks expressly in the last days men shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and they shall speak lies in hypocrisy. You see what I'm saying? So not everyone who teaches, that's what I tell people, especially when you've not yet understood the difference in the message. Not everyone who speaks the language like your pastor is actually speaking that language. You know, some people are so ignorant. Oh, there's a guy who preaches like you. Not everybody who speaks like your pastor really speaks from the same source. Satan is smart. He's witty. He's cunning. He's crafty. Somebody shout hallelujah. Unless you're mature enough to tell, to discern and hear the spirit behind what the man is saying. Somebody shout hallelujah. So in Galatians 5, the 7th verse, if you read the Amplified, it says you were running the rest nobly. Who has interfered in or hindered and stopped you from your heeding and following the truth? The Amplified says who has hindered and stopped you from your heeding and following the truth? This evil persuasion is not from him who called you, who invited you to freedom in Christ. This is demonic. Paul could design somebody shout hallelujah. But also... I've seen another category, like I mentioned earlier, the category of those who love us and are close to us. Some are family, friends, relatives, fellow ministers, who can hinder you through love. Jesus Christ in Mark chapter eight, the 31st verse, the Bible says he began to teach them that the son of God or the son of man must suffer many things. He must be rejected by the elders. And the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and after there, Three days he shall rise again. And the Bible says, and expect that saying openly. And Peter, the Bible says, took him and began to rebuke him. Says, hey, how can you die? No, you see, if you get into the heart of Peter, honestly, Peter loved the man. You saw, he even cut off a man's ear. He loved the man so much that he could have done anything for him. And he says, what are you saying? He rebuked him. Verses 33, but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, the Bible says, and he rebuked Peter. He looked at the disciples like this as Peter was saying, what are you doing? How can you say you're going to die? What are we here for? We're your army. We can fight for you. So Jesus looks at the disciples like this to see why is he looking at them? This is what the Lord gave me. To see if anybody is under this same spirit. The Bible says, He is looking to see, is anybody else going to speak like Peter? Then he notices nobody. He says, Okay, these ones are safe. He tells Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou sufferest not the things that be of God, but the things of man. Do you know Peter was hindering Jesus from fulfilling his assignment? For some men of God, it's that woman in the woman says, Don't go today, honey. Can't we just stay a bit longer? You understand what I'm saying? For some women of God, it's that husband. This is but I mean, every time, church, every time you go to church, every time you go to church, every time you can just chill out with your family. Did you give us his Sunday only. I mean, God is the same. He's everywhere. Even if you don't pray from there, you can pray from here, he's still God. So it's a big deal? Yeah, I mean, this is your family. Gonna be you understand? For some is your best friend. <laughs> For some of you, people who are close to you. But do you know, I said again, People are so blind, they cannot tell that now this one is not love here. This one is a spirit of hindrance. It has entered the one that loves me or the one that I love. Brothers, some of you, your cousins or your brother, or your sister sat you down and told you, no, you're over God. <laughs> See, use wisdom. Huh? And then they robbed you from your reward. Listen, there is nothing like serving God. I repeat this: there is nothing like overseeking God because it called us to seek Him, praying always. Somebody shout hallelujah! You're overpraying, you're overpraying, and some of you whom they are telling you overpraying, you have not even made the lemon walk yet. What do you mean you're overpraying? You've not even opened a blind eye. Are you hearing me? You've not even spoken to the world. You're calling. You're still pregnant. It has not even yet come out. And they're saying you're praying. Oh, they've seen nothing yet. Let them wait when it comes out. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. So you can actually be hindered by those who love you. And they're not meaning wrong. It's not that they are really against you, but they are consumed by something because of the ignorance in their spirits. So you could ask yourself, how would Jesus just say, Satan was Peter? Satan, no. But he could tell that someone was on his boy. He could tell, Mm-mm. this is not a man who loves me with feeling. This is a hindering spirit that has gotten onto my disciple. And if it can get on Peter in the presence of Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? If it could get on Peter. In the presence of the perfect man of God, who is a hundred percent God. What makes you think that some people you serve with cannot have it? Yeah. Somebody shout, Amen. Yeah. Shout, Glory to God. So, discern when you're hindered. Why are we going to this church? Why are you listening to him? We had a rumor that he's like this. And some you said, ah, Is it true? Oh, I'm not going back to church. What? I didn't know. Me, I was just going to church. You're so silly. You mean you don't have the Holy Spirit? Silly means unserious, by the way. It's not an abuse. Yeah, some people say, you're abusing us, Pastor. No, silly means unserious. You mean you don't have the Holy Spirit? If they tell you this person is cult, also you pray. You tell them, okay, now that you also know, allow me to also pray and God reveals to me. Unless you don't trust that you have the Holy Spirit. I've seen people who have been hindered from the cloud that God has appointed them under. I've seen people who have been hindered from the destiny God has called them into. I've seen people who have been hindered from the marriage they are supposed to be into. I've seen people who have been hindered from the career they are supposed to be into. I've seen people who are hindered from the call of God on their lives because they don't tell the difference. And those who speak to them love them. They could even die for them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Lastly, now this one is deep. The Lord revealed to me that a man's personal place of liberty can actually hinder other men too. Now this is for mature people. Those of you who are mature. This is not for the immature. But a man's place of liberty, when the revelation of a thing comes to you and you have a certain liberty within God, it's actually very possible to hinder another man through your liberty. And it takes great wisdom and maturity to know how to not stumble. In first Corinthians chapter eight verses nine, he says, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak, for if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. He says, but when you sin so against the brethren, and when they are weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Some people don't have wisdom. An artist, I'm sorry, I'm going to use an example of a musician, says, oh, me, God sent me to the world, and so I'm going to sing on a secular pulpit. People need salvation. No, but some of them, if you check their hearts, they actually, not all, I'm not judging all, but some of them actually want money. And the money, they are not paid somewhere they think they'll find on On a secular altar. And then he goes and sings on a secular altar. But there's a weaker brother who is also coming from the world. He's not yet free and delivered. And perhaps you have the liberty and grace to stand on that altar and go back home stable. But there's a young guy who has just gotten born again two, three weeks. And he was in the world that you've gotten him from. And he sees you on that table singing. And he thinks that it is okay to sing. And then he goes on that altar to sing, yet he's not stable. And the moment he steps on that altar, something clots him and he goes back into the world. So, wouldn't wisdom tell you, for the sake of the guy who is younger, let my liberty, even though I know that I can stand on a secular altar and be not defiled, let for the liberty that I have in God be personal and let me ignore this secular altar so I can help the guy who's going to come out tomorrow morning, that he will learn from me. And if his life is saved, it's more than the one million they'll give me on that altar. Not many understand this. They can even insult you for what I've just said. Because they already stumbled themselves. Yeah, they already stumbled themselves. So they neither enter, but they cannot also allow others to enter. Yeah, you could have a liberty and say, oh me, I'm free to do this. You see, I've traveled to Europe and I've been on pulpits or then after dinner, you're sitting with these guys. One time I was in Hong Kong and I preached the gospel, the power of God moved. And after that, I come through and we sit on dinner and these guys all order for wine. And yeah, that's a good preaching, good preaching. We're talking like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but i said why oh, Become all things that you myself so they're drinking a little within two three hours there's a way wine amplifies a voice <laughs> i don't know what that is called eh? within just like two hours eh, the people are saying apostle they were screaming everything they were speaking loud there was no music in the room but you could think that they were speaking over some music and i'm thinking but perhaps there's a guy who has had a drinking problem He's been drinking for so long and he's just avoided it for two weeks. And look at the wines, they're passing like this. And every time the thing passes, sure about it. <laughs> yeah, what has your liberty done to him? To stumble the brother. And the Bible says that's offense to Christ. So, tame your liberties. No where to exercise them. One time we had a guy, he stood on a pulpit and said, I prayed for all the food that I was to eat for the rest of my life. I blessed it, so I don't need to pray. He no. said, the guy was just God and born again, and he's reading in scripture that give thanks for the meal that God has given you. That's stumbling them. Why don't you keep your faith to yourself? Hey, hey, hey. May I pray for mine? Pray for yours only. You understand? And he's demonstrating liberty. <laughs> Praise God. Tonight, I want to address anything that is hindering you and some of you don't even know. But the anointing on this altar is going to prove to you in two, three or four weeks or one month from now that it was not just a delay. There was a hindering spirit in your life. I'm going to address it in Jesus' name. One time I was going through to Malaysia and I stopped in Kuala Lumpur. And I'm in this airport. Somehow the lady that was posting my, you know, travel details, sort of posted my bags in another place and I could not get into that place because I didn't have the clearance by travel to get into that place. And there was a lot of frustration on my trip that I designed in my spirit that if this is not fixed, I'm actually going to fail to go out of Kuala Lumpur into Kuching to preach the gospel. We moved in the airport for two, three, four hours and while I was moving, a sudden understanding comes to my head and told me, this has nothing to do with the paperwork and documentation. This is a hindering spirit. Address it now. And I stood like this and I said, I said, let go of me. I have to preach the gospel. Release me now in Jesus' name. And the moment I did that, I lift my eyes and a little girl is coming. She's a Muslim girl covered. Her face like that. And the spirit tells me she'll help you. I stopped and I said, can you help me? The two or three hours of struggling within the airport. I discovered actually the lady I stopped had a position within the airport. I explained to her my issues and when she said, follow me, sir. We went in a little room and in 15 minutes, everything was sorted. And I got out of Kuala Lumpur to go to preach the gospel. So some of the things are not spirits of just it's okay. No. Some of you, your marriages, your businesses, your career. Hey! your ministries are frustrated and you do not know right now in the name of Jesus I rebuke. Rebuke every hindering spirit on your life, that which you knew or have not known. I rebuke that which has been hindering your marital destiny. I rebuke that which has been hindering your progress. I rebuke that which has been hindering that business project and deal that I promised you for years and days, but it's just not going through. They're postponing things today and next week. Let's call next year. It has become one year, two years, three years. It's just not breaking. Today I come with the anointing and power to rebuke that. Hindering spirit of your destiny, and I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that things are going to happen so easy for you. I rebuke that thing that is hindering your healing, I rebuke that thing that is hindering your progress, I rebuke that thing that is hindering your career, I rebuke that thing that is hindering your education, I rebuke that thing that is hindering your ministry. I command it to let go of your life in the name of Jesus, whichever way it came, either through a doctrine that was taught you and you never knew either through a person who misaligned you and misinformed you concerning the things of God either through your own self and the things that you have done in indifference all oh, through the things that you did in your liberty that have stumbled the rest or that you were stumbled off because of another man's liberty. I rebuke everything that is hindering you and let me declare this that from today, things are going to come quicker for you. Mention that thing, mention and say in the name of Jesus, this is coming quick. Say it, say it in your name, you know what I'm talking about. Say in the name of Jesus, it comes quick. Shout amen and give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. If you believe that it is done, come on, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus if you believe that it is done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I'm not hindered. Say, I'm not hindered. In Jesus' mighty name. May God give you the wisdom to be able to discern when it's a hindering spirit. Like Jesus could discern on Peter that this was not God. Know how to rebuke certain things. Do it the God way. Say, I refuse this. It is not of God that it is delayed. It will turn. There are things that I had ignored for years and months and they continued happening. And then one day I just woke up and I said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." this is not of God, that is delayed. And then I just say in the name of Jesus, I direct fire on it. And in two, three days it is changed. So some of you, the things that you're barring and just waiting as though people are telling you, wait, some of them are hindrances. We have dealt with them now and wait for it, that's what you do. When you can sense that it is not of God that a thing is delayed, address it, like Jesus addressed it. Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou sufferest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. You are carnal, I'm not delayed. I refuse to be delayed. I refuse my healing to be delayed. I refuse because I know what was done for me. I say my project, listen, I don't know. I'm feeling it in my spirit. Somebody, there's a thing so big It's big. It involves a lot of money. And they've just been postponing. We'll call, let's do this. We we are working, it's two, it's a year, it's months. It's just what was supposed to come quick is delayed. You're going to testify soon. You're going to testify soon. You're going to testify soon in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. Some of you are going to get miracle proposals. There's somebody watching me. Somebody is going to just find you and say, you're my wife. I promise you. And you'll testify that after that someone, there's a lady who came to me and told me Apostle, I can't believe that no man has ever spoken to me. And she said, I don't know when God will, I told her It's not about God. There is something on your life. I told her, can I show you that there is something that you've been dealing with? She said, of course, I want to be free. I told her, from today now, the trouble will be that you'll have a challenge to pick. She comes after two months, asks for an appointment and says, Apostle, now I can't sleep. Every man that finds me wants to marry me. I said, "Uh, that's a good problem. That's a good problem now. So now let's believe God to know who is to. Yeah, so things can hinder. But now you know what to do. Father, we thank you. We thank you. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 4291 or email us at funerocampala at gmail.com you can also find us on the web at www.funero.org or better still feel free to join us every thursday for our weekly fellowships at uma multipurpose hall from 5 p.m to 8 p.m you can also catch the live stream at livestreamcom stream.com slash make manifest